afternoon. Good afternoon. It is a hump day. It is a hump day, and you know how we do it right here. We've got a show for you this afternoon, folks, right here at ITRN Radio. I'm your host, Colette Williams, and we've got... Oh, I'm sorry. Is that the cue? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know how we do it here. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Okay, that is. I thought you were saying... Here yes, we go. Dr. Corliss Bennett in the mix. Conversations with Colette and Corliss. Another week. I don't know where 2021 has gone. November went by really fast and Christmas will be here before you know it. Actually, we've got three weeks and it'll be Christmas Eve on Friday. We got Christmas Eve on Friday, New Year's Eve on Friday. So that's going to be a real turned up situation. So if you're not somewhere safe, I suggest you get off the highway because folks going to be acting stupid. And you know it. You know they are because they're already acting real stupid. Absolutely. So you know what? Uh, how do we get them to stop acting that way? I don't know if we can. I do not know if we can because they just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And it don't make no sense. And it doesn't get any smarter. doesn't get any brighter. It just keeps going. But what pisses me off the most is the drunk driver is never hurt. Yeah. He, she walks away like, what up? And the other by, they crumbled in the car, dead. Oh, my God. And they like walk that, away yeah. like, hey, la, 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 la. And then yeah. this is your second DUI. I just, I don't know. I, I don't get it. I think this, once you get one, they need to throw away the, lock the, lock the key. Yeah, I mean, throw, throw, away, throw the key and lock it. Out, lock it and throw it away the key. That's yeah. right. Because I think if they did that, people would think twice. But because yeah. people have gotten off on one, to, oh, this is your third DUI. Okay, let's put you in jail. Really? But how many people did you kill on the way? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's a sad, sad thing. And not only is it with DUIs, but it's with everything else. Yeah. It's with so many other things. People are allowed to get away with the things that they shouldn't get away with. And the biggest thing, look at Rittenhouse. He found not guilty. That boy, that 17-year-old boy killed three people. And that doesn't have to show nothing. People and does not have to suffer but because that what? that was guilty. We know he killed them, so that part should yes. be guilty. They might have might not done anything else, but now he gets away with murder. He gets away with murder. It's the it is the umpteenth time that white boys have gotten away with murder, and with Trayvon Martin, that boy got away with murder. This one got away with murder because he said. He was protecting and serving. His behind should have been at home doing homework. He's in another state. Old. In another in state. In another state. He so if I, leave, if I leave here and go to Vegas with a rifle walking down the street, how yes. many steps do you think I could take before exactly? They- Not one. But he got away with it because he feared for his life. And if you oh. notice, all they have to say is, "I feared for my life." Which I was is fine, but myself. the person is still dead. Right. So I you was still protecting committed murder. Yeah, yeah. that's that's. And I was protecting myself. And what is going on with these school shootings? Oh God, there's another one. I didn't hear yes, about another one yesterday. Today. Oh yesterday. no. Yeah, eight. Um, it's probably on the breaking. Kenny, Kenny, will pull it up in a second. Yeah, it was outside of Detroit, north of oh, Detroit. No. Yeah, I'm like, what? I mean, I. And this little boy came to school. I guess the father had just bought the gun like two or three days ago he came with that bad boy locked loaded with extra ammo and i don't see (laughs) i'm not condoning it but when you keep messing with folks i'm not sure what his situation is but when you keep messing with folks 
and they and making them feel like they are nothing. Oh no, I was just saying how 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 can <laughs> when you're dealing with people being bullied and and folks are just tired and they will come up there and blow up some stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a school teacher, it, it, you weren't even thinking about this is like 90 when was I teaching? 80 88 to 92 ish. You weren't thinking about nobody coming to no school with no gun. And I didn't snatch a many of a two. Todd Smith. I always me too. Yeah. I want to look for him. I wonder where he's at, but he sure straightened up. He, he, he did something in class and I ignored him. Why did the kids have a bet going? Now I can hear them, mind you. Classroom ain't that big. And I can hear them whispering. I got a dollar. Miss Bennett's going to get them. Ah, I got $2. Okay. Well, I got some now later. I don't think she's going to say nothing. So I didn't say anything. And he was like, dang, she gonna just gonna let him talk like that? And then when the bell rang for recess, <laughs> I said, okay, everybody, I'll see you in a second. I said, Todd, sit down. He was like, ah, oh, pay me, pay me. <laughs> oh, I just thought that that was hilarious. I took, I took Todd, this was at West Angeles Church of God in Christ, Christian school. Yeah. I said, Todd, follow me. We went through the school and through the back door where there's an alley because I didn't need nobody to see what I was about to do. Right. I, I said, come on out. And he was just like, why are we going back here? As soon as that door closed, I took him by his shirt, Colette, slammed him against the wall. I said, who the hell do you think you are? And he just <laughs> start crying. I said, this is not your party. I said, you will not disrespect me. I said, I will beat, uh, this is my exact word. I will beat your ass right now and go to the principal's <laughs> office and quit. That's what Ooh. I told I said, I will beat your ass and walk into the principal's office and say, I quit. I, I said, yeah, so do, or do you, you know, did I make myself clear? I said, all right. And then I straightened his shirt, opened the door. I said, go ahead, go to recess. And girl, I never, ever had a problem from Mr. Todd Smith ever again. Now, you think I could do that now? No. Oh, heck no. I'd be blown up. By no. the time I get That's to my right. car, you sure somebody would. get a rifle. You sure would. You absolutely would. And I was teaching at, and I think you might even remember this. I was teaching at... Uh, Dorsey's oh no no no. Dorsey's continuation and I had a group full of real heathens forgive forgive me for saying I had a group of real heathens and one of the boys was a football player And, and on this particular Friday they were told never to bring their electronic devices to class I did not allow phones I did not allow radios cd players if you got if you brought it to school I was going to take it this particular Friday the star football player brought his CD player or whatever, whatever it was. He brought it to class. I said, it's mine. Well, before class started, he left it on his desk. And when he left it on his desk, you picked it up. No, no, no. The kid behind him took it and was playing with it. The star football player who was three times my size. And I mean, this way and this way. This boy went into a rage. And when he went into a rage, I jumped up. I told him, give it here. I took it out of his hand, slammed it down. I said, I told you not to bring anything into my class. This is my class and you don't run nothing. Well, guess what? This boy, as I said, he was three times my size. And I mean, this boy stood probably six, eight and he was six, eight wide. This boy tore the door off the hinges. Yes, he did. Tore the door off the hinges, got mad, ran out of the room. 
I called the principal, Lee Joseph. I called Mr. Joseph and told him he cannot come back. I said, he's not going to do that in my class. Well, Lee Joseph came back to my class and said, Miss Williams, he a football player. He ain't got to read. That's Williams. He a football player. He, he ain't got to read. 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 falls right into the still. That's that, that right. Story right there falls right into the stop hating. Yes. See, that's crazy. Yes. Told me so he don't have to read. So you're he don't to... have to do anything. But the boy came back to me and apologized on Monday morning. And Mr. Lee Joseph would not suspend him because he was a star football player. But the kid, I'd be willing to bet today. I'd be willing to bet the farm. This boy is either in jail or on his way. Because he he was the kind of kid that didn't have to do. He was a star football player. And, and that's Joseph, the problem. Yes. We, we cater. So anyway, that's a whole nother show. But that yes, we cater is. to these people and they don't realize. But wait a minute. You said took the door off the hinges for real? Took, he opened the door and took the door off the hinges. Yes, he did. And everybody in the class was, ooh. Hmm. Yeah. Every, hey. And I mean. And this was in the first. 90s, right? So we know. No, 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 no. This was in the 2000s. This was in 2000 and something before I went to, no, after Youth Opportunities Unlimited, oh my. after Youth Opportunities Unlimited, he tore the door off oh. the hinges because I took his CD player away from him. And I'm telling you, this kid must have been 6'8 and 6'8 wide. And Lee Joseph did not want to suspend him and did not suspend him. But after he played that Friday night football game, he came to me Monday morning and apologized and told me he wanted to stay in my class. But Lee Joseph told him, he didn't have to read. He just had to come into my class and sit there. He didn't have to do one other thing, which that is a horrible right thing. And that's why we have issues with yes. people just pushing people to the next grade level. That's right. And, even, and not even on the grade level. So then when it's time for them to apply for college, they can't write an essay, let alone SAT. Now, I didn't do well on the SAT, but I had grades. So that was my saving grace. You know, you have to have one or the other. Right, and then if, right. But with the SAT being low, I could fight a little more because I had the grades. Um, but that's, that's, yeah. It, it's, See, it's a horrible thing. Right it's a horrible today. thing. This falls right into today's situation. My goodness. Well, today we have got the brother, Steve, <laughs> looking like. Brother Steve. What's looking good? like, um, what did Kenny, what did you say? May the force be with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. May the force be with you. So I can't, so I can't see your eyes at all, Steve. I mean, no, he's got Star Wars behind him. I, I guess so. I, I haven't seen him in about a year and a half, so I'm just like, really, dude. But anyway, <laughs> I like that. But so let me just tell you how things work. Okay. Um, and how I met Steve. So you know, I worked at USC for 20 years. One of my students, Natalie, she is from where y'all from? Ohio. Right. My early. Okay. So, so from Cincinnati, where? Cincinnati. Where's that, where's that church? It's in Cincinnati. Okay. So he, so she is from Cincinnati, Ohio. Right. And she uh, graduated from USC and then went into a master's program. I mean, I, when she transferred, I took, I said, if you get in, you can work for me, blah, blah, blah. So I hooked her up, got all that. And so when I told her, I said, I'm leaving. And she was like, no, you can't leave. I said, well, it's a, it's a career move. And yeah, I'm going to Humboldt State. And she was like, Humboldt State? And she was like, oh man. So she called her dad because I had gone to their, her graduation party, which was out in like Fontana or Rancho Cucamonga and stuff. 
And I think I was one of the only people that drove out there. People don't be, you know, but I roll. You invite me, I'm rolling. So I knew her dad. Her dad makes some stupid barbecue. Oh my God. Anyway, um, so she was like, Dad, you're not gonna believe this. Cortis is leaving. Where's she going? Humboldt. Humboldt. Humboldt State. You know what? My boy Steve is out there. Because you were the assistant pastor or youth pastor. What were you, Steve? Uh, no, I was in ministry uh, right up under his her father, Elder Walton. Okay, okay. So you were in ministry under him. Yeah. And he was like, look, let me make a phone call. I'm going to hook it up. Now, mind you, because I took care of his daughter for four, five, six years, and I ended up going to Humboldt, he called Steve and told Steve, look, you got this lady that's coming. I need y'all to do whatever she needs. Right. Whatever she needs, I need you to do it. I need her to make feel comfortable because she helped my daughter not only get into USC, graduate with her BA and start her master's program, which I believe she's finished now. And that's what I'm talking about. Not only the Trojan family piece, but the piece where if you just treat people right, it comes back when you least expect it. That's right. So when I met that they called, they were calling. I was I was doing something, so I couldn't get the phone. And so he was like, "Hey, my name." And then we talked, and I was like, "Really?" I said, "He goes, yes." Natalie's dad is, you know, I'm under him. Blah blah blah. So when I first got to Humboldt, they invited me over for dinner, and that was it. Now, Steve Bell is Ramona Bell's husband. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I keep okay. it all in the family. Okay. And so, yes. So, um, Steve is good for kind of putting stuff in check and making you go, mm, did he just say that? Okay. So, going back with, and he just said, here's my topic. I said, that's it. And he was like, that's it. And I was like, okay, then we're going to go with it. Because even, <laughs> even Kenny was like, where's his, where's his topic? That's all he's going to say. I said, that's, he, keep it simple. Well, powerful. So we're going to let you go ahead, Mr. Steve, Brother Steve uh, Bell, and go ahead and just introduce yourself. I did say you were from Ohio, and you can go right into your thing. I, and- I'm interested in knowing what, what the background is. Star oh, give Wars me some background, background, Steve. Star Wars background. Oh, the background for the Star Wars. I think it's self-explanatory. I can't explain it. I want to, I want to hop right into the subject. and I just want to say that uh, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate having the opportunity to share with you guys. And I'm just going to hop in right in what you just got from your saying, because it was really, uh, it ties in to um, what I want to talk about today. And that's simply the message. Stop hating. You got to understand um, a lot of people, a lot of us do not understand that, um, that we function according to our programming. We function according to our programming. So these youth that you're talking about, these youth have, uh, uh, have have been induced induced with Rambo, induced with Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, induced with uh, hardcore hip hop. They see it, monkey see, monkey do, all in the streets and things of this nature. And so, our culture is one that uh, is like the king of the hill type of culture. So you're not going to disrespect me and things of this nature. Where do these come from? It comes from hate. It comes from maladjustment. It comes from the discontent particularly being in Los Angeles. If you're in Los Angeles and you see you're close to Hollywood, then you look at your circumstances and you're like, why am I not balling? Why am I not riding clean? Why am I don't have this? Why does my daddy's not here? You start asking a lot of questions. You start blaming yourself. What do I have to do to get these things? You understand? And so a lot of, uh, a lot of what we go through is not our fault. 
it's not our fault. It's, it's, these things are intentional. These things are intentional. And what you see is basically the outcome a maladjustment and discontent. And a lot of it is self-hate. Um, the brother has a book called Negativity. And he explains, he outlines that a lot in the book Negativity. And so um, that's kind of what I want to talk about. I, I want to talk about. And we have to, we have to, one of the things that I was really blessed with, the Bible teaches that if a man be wise, he'll be wise unto himself. But if he's a fool, he alone will suffer. And so what I thank God for is the fact that the opportunities that we have to get to know him and get to know him, uh, there's, he gives us choices. That's the greatest power we have is our volition to make choices. And so um, hopefully during this conversation, we will be able to see the opportunities we have um, in the sense that we can choose him, choose life and choose all kinds of possibilities. We don't have to act according to our programming. So that's sort of like the sit. That's kind of like the setup for uh, stop hating. But if I can preach, go ahead. They don't know if one does not know that they do not have to react to their programming. First of all, they have to know that they've been programmed a certain way. They right. have to know and understand that there is a specific orientation that they have succumbed to. So if they think that everything is a okay and I can do what I want to do and there are no fundamentals they're not going to even think about how they've been programmed or think about an orientation because I can guarantee you the students that I have had in LAUSD schools and in other schools where there are, they're considered underserved communities. They don't know the first thing about an orientation. They don't know the first thing about programming and they will dispute that that is a reality and that is their reality. I've had girls to tell me when I was teaching at Inglewood High School, one girl stood up in my class and told me that there were no men in her building. Nobody had a daddy. Oh, dang. Nobody had a daddy. There were 14 units in that building and no daddies in that building. She said there were men that came by on check day, Uh-oh. but there were no daddies in there. There were no daddies. I had a kid at Fremont to tell me, walk down the aisle in my workshop. He told me he knew he wasn't going to live past 18. He knew that. I had kids at YOU to tell me that he was. they were not going to live past 18. I had a 16-year-old to sit with me and say he knew he was going to jail, just like I know tomorrow. He knew he was going to jail. So when you talk about an orientation or they know the design, we've got kids who didn't even think that tomorrow was going to come for them. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. That's that's the reality. That's the reality in the hood. And uh, and there's a wisdom in living in a city. And you know that that's why we have all of us, particularly in this economy. And I'll be and I'm not going to blame us. I'm going to say economy. When the economy changes, the family structure changes. It wasn't like that when uh, when Yellowstone was it uh, what what Firestone was in L.A. Firestone, uh, yeah, Firestone. Firestone was in L.A. Firestone, yeah. Right. It wasn't like that when the factories was in in, in L.A. Only these a lot of these things have happened. L.A. The L.A. Black L.A. was emergence of uh, migration patterns from the 40s. A lot of people come from this from uh, the South, particularly Louisiana, Texas uh, to California. And uh, L.A. and Oakland were some of the main uh, ports because of jobs. 
the jobs, the factory jobs, just like Chicago got a lot of people from Mississippi. Uh, Detroit uh, uh, is, is the same beneficiary. A lot of people from Alabama, Mississippi, uh, New York, you would have a lot of people from North Carolina, South Carolina. And so these things happen after the great migration. And so what you have going in LA, and I'm not going to get a history lesson with that, is that there's a frustration. There's a frustration that came particularly around the 70s, 80s at the Black Power Movement uh, when it became deindustrialized. And then you start having the, the influx of uh, cocaine. And then you have hip hop. Uh, you have Reaganomics. You have a whole lot of confluence of different ideals, different factors that came into the destruction of the family. And so um, what you have right now is these kids that have to grow up quick. They have to grow up quick. They have different values and they see what's going on. You understand? And so, you know, you got the football players, you got these football players, these athletes that know how to liquidate themselves in terms of their bodies. Then you have the females doing the same thing. And so um, it's, it's real easy to see what's going on. And uh, like you, like you're saying, they may not be able to articulate. They might not be able to understand exactly what's going on, but they do, they do understand rewards and punishments. And so they, there's no separate reward for, uh, for being black conscious. There's no rewards for being um, studious. Uh, you know, that's not a, a real value in the hood. You know, there's no reward for uh, being a square. You know, there's no reward for being righteous because everybody's turned into a hustler. And everybody's a hustler. And so just certain high schools in L.A., they're very known for producing the best strippers. And so, you know, so they, they know that right out of high school, certain high schools, certain girls. What? There's a, there's a, yes, there's known for that. What? There's, certain, there's certain high schools that's known for producing certain football players and basketball players. The same thing because it's the exploitation of the black body. There's rewards for the things we do with our bodies. There's punishments for the things that we're doing in our black mind. And so the the mind, the black mind, the black genius will never be recognized and never be rewarded in this in this country. And that's part of the programming. So you get so that's what I'm saying to you. You we function according to our programming and we function according to our programming based upon what we're going to get rewarded with. There's nobody despite of Colin Kaepernick, there's gonna be no brothers that are really um going to follow his lead because they punished that brother. They stopped him from being able to play his sport and make the millions. And I don't want to give him a sports and an academic tip, but what I want to share with you is these things are intentional. And because they're intentional, we need to stop blaming ourselves for why we're not like the Jews or why we're not like the Mexicans or why we're not like this group that's excelling because this is intentional because our, our white supremacy and nearly, nearly, uh, uh, nearly Fuller Jr said this back in the day he said if you don't understand white supremacy what it is and how it works what you do understand will confuse you you got to get that quote you don't understand white supremacy what it is how it works everything that you do understand will confuse you and so here you got a situation where uh we're being oppressed very hostile to what's going on in some of these cases you talk about race and racism are not even mentioned anymore and it's clearly a racist incident. They're not even being mentioned in the court, okay? But we know that we know it's, it's highly racist, all right? And so if you don't understand that what the tendency is that we're going to start blaming ourselves, we're going to start blaming because no energy 
no energy is stagnant. Energy always transfers. And, and white supremacy is based upon our black subjugation. And what we do is we internalize the racism and we take it out on ourselves. And we I agree. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah, I agree with that. Don't you think it's interesting that last year we were coming out of the Black Lives Matter uh, propaganda and everything at this time last year in 2020 was about Black Lives Matter and everybody started quoting Black Lives Matter and then we woke up. Then we woke up. If you notice, Patrice Cullors is gone. She resigned as executive director from BLM. She got a two boatloads of money. She bought a house in Topanga Canyon. She bought a house in Inglewood, bought a house in Watts, tried to buy an island, had a $26,000 meeting in Laguna. She has not done one thing. The parents of all, well, I shouldn't say all, but the parents of quite a few of the kids who were murdered have spoken up against her. Some of them have even filed a lawsuit against the BLM. Now, you know, BLM is, it was an organization, but now it's been silent. And their mission, if you've re- have you read their mission statement? I'm familiar with, yeah. Okay. Their mission is to bring everything to light that has to do with queer, transgender, LGBT, the, 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 what they call the, uh, fam- the Western family. So they want to extinguish the family because the family serves no purpose. And their mission is to empower LGBT, queers, trans- transgenders, gay, lesbian that community we move forward and all that i've read and the hoopla has died down now we come around here to rittenhouse he gets off the three that were on trial that were the killers of ahmad aubrey they're guilty. And I've heard this for the past month. Where's Black Lives Matter? Where's Black Lives Matter? They've said and done nothing. And the information that I have read with regard to Patrice Cullors, it's scathing information. Oh. And what and and I, along with Lots of others have felt like Black Lives Matter did us a major disservice. It was a setback. Well, you, so, should, you, should, you should join my, my ship and so you have a broader perspective because you got to understand Black Lives Matter is one of the illest, illest movements that come across in, for us as a people because they were started by sisters. That movement is started by sisters that's concerned. Us brothers have been talking all this yin-yang ain't been doing nothing 
we've been we got preachers that can talk 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 but no power black lives matter is one of the illest movements to ever started because it's decentralized you did you say stop. ill are you saying huh? ill are you saying ill, Ill? like oh. dope like dope it's one of the dopest movements ever because it's started by sisters sisters have concern about their nephews about their brothers about their sons and so one of the things that we need to stop we need to stop doing is stop hating stop hating on the success of this group now of course um they're lesbians and a lot of them are lesbians and they identify with queer we need to look past that because the devil's always looking for something for us to divide and to divide and conquer and so if he gives you that lgbtq thing that's going to be the very thing we bite on but we can't have enemies. We can't, we can't, we can't jump on that. We got to be critical and see the, the validity, the vitality and the necess- uh, the necessity of what they've done and the success of what they've been able to do. What have they, they did? It. What did they do? Symbolically, what have they done? They symbolically, what they did was say black lives matter. If, if, if not, if if you associate Black Lives Matter and they walk away with that part like that, Black Lives Matter, that's been successful. That's the message in and of itself. Just like Marcus Garvey, what was his success? His success was getting poor Black people to understand that Black is beautiful. That in and of itself is powerful. Ideology, the ideal itself is what's damaging to white supremacy. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And so if you start identifying with something else, you can make it other. You're trying to take away from the real message. The real message is Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. And this this sister, this, despite what she does, she probably didn't perceive perceive that her 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 organization would blow up to this height she did. She was just a concerned citizen that made something happen. Some ordinary person that was thrust into something extraordinary. Is she good with finances? All this kind of stuff. Do you help help? Do you help hold other? Uh, ethnic groups do you have other individuals who are, are organized for this kind of stuff to that same standard they're always looking for something to discredit our movements and so let's not really tear her down or tear any sister down for what they did because that's what they did to marcus garvey they're trying to look for something they got him on mail fraud or some other that's not what it, they, they they're trumped up stuff and so that's why i'm sharing sharing with us we got to stop hating we got to stop judging one another we got to stop being forgiving. So we got to start being forgiving and look at our eyes, look at ourselves with warmer eyes towards each other. We got the Bible teaches that love covers a multitude of sins. We make we have black people have no enemies except ourselves. So we'll be quicker to make excuses for everybody else. But when it comes to us, then we become so judgmental. We try to hold these high standards. We got to understand we're ordinary people, man. We stop. We, we put all these athletes these stars and they, they try to make us seem like all of us are, are extraordinary, but we're common folk just like everybody else. And we make mistakes. And so we should be, and then on top of that, we're highly oppressed. We're highly um, uh, 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 stressed uh, from, cause it takes 25 hours to be a black person. We need an extra hour just to unpack all the stuff we've gone through. And so we're not, I don't know why we are expected always to be extraordinary. And so we're just regular folks. And so what we need to stop doing is we not stop leading our leaders and all these people to these astronomical standards that for them to, to be able to hold to, you know? And so that's what I'm saying in this message, man, because every, a lot of stuff that we're doing, a lot of stuff that's happened to us 
is what we're listening from the enemy. It's not even what we're saying about the situation. We don't even know her perspective on what was going on. So I'm just saying we need a little, we need to, you know, like really second, uh, we need to have like a second opinion or really um, quickly analyze some of these things because they're always going to talk down. You know, if there's a Bible verse, if I could put a, a verse in the Bible in the Ten Commandments, there's the left one, it would be, thou shall not talketh down on a player. Never do that on the streets. You never, ever, ever talk down, especially in public. You never talk down. This is an excellent platform to look at some of the things that she did right. We should not be talking down on Black Lives Matter. That was a very, your, your, uh, your, uh, legacy where people want to ask you, what have you, what were you doing during the Black Lives Matter movement? I'm be proud to say that I brought the t-shirts. Anything I could do to support them, I was a part of it. Even though I don't ascribe to everything they do, it's like the Black Power Movement, Civil Rights Movement in this in this modern era. It's one of the greatest geniuses uh, movements that we, we might see. So, so if that is so, where are they now? What did they? What happened with the one hundred million dollars? How many black businesses and organizations? got a part of that $110 million. Why did she accept a job from Warner Brothers when she got $110 million? Why did she accept the the support, the financial support and backing of George Soros? Why has everything been such a, uh, so, so undercover? So why are people now really and truly pissed off and it's not about judgment. And I completely understand what you're saying. I no doubt am quite a few years older than you. And I remember the real movement, just like you talked about Huey Newton. When you, when you, I don't think you mentioned the Black Panthers, but frequently we do mention the Black Panthers. There has never been a movement like the Black Panthers since the Panthers, since then. And if I'm wrong, somebody correct me. But I don't believe there's been a movement like that. And remember, the Panthers did it all on their own. Black church. They did, the black church is going, the black church is just like the Black Panthers. They're feeding kids, they're educating them, educating them and knowledge itself. They're uh they have security teams. There's a lot of economic things they're doing. It's just the fact that we just don't know about these things. We are doing this. We we they're and so to answer your question, the same question can be said about Louis Farrakhan and when he was raising money for the million man march i mean we don't who cares where the money goes i, I don't care where the money goes I, I don't care it's just the fact that we there's a response because people are asking who is our leader who's going to direct us in the, in the way we have to go and finally some sisters stood up and were bold enough to answer that call and so and and, and for her doing that she deserves the millions of dollars there's a lot more money out there and what she does with it is, is her business. I don't ask the pastor what he does with his money. I don't ask the church what they're doing with their money. But the pastor I and the church have to be accountable, and they are. They are accountable to the parishioners and to anybody else that gives them money. They're yeah. accountable to everybody. So we have to ha- we have to have a way of of allowing folks to be accountable. We have to be accountable we, we, don't, we don't we don't apply that same standard pg and e pg and e is a private company 
and they're not accountable to us. They they have all these things. They tell us that the fire that fires are uh, are the result or they're about to have a fire. So they're going. They're about to have a fire. They have they have winds, strong winds that are coming, and they're 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 going to they're going to cut off the electricity just because they just hear winds are coming. They're only accountable to their shareholders. They're only care, uh, accountable to those who are invested in them. They're not accountable to the people who didn't put in on it. And so, so but so, so what I'm saying to you is that it only it, we only hold these standards when it comes to us as black people when uh, we get the money. Now, our, our, look at the look and look at a black athlete, the black athlete entertainer. Every time they get a big contract, it makes front page because everybody wants to know their money nobody talks about when a white man's getting money and what he's doing with it. it's only when we get the money that we have to be questioned how much they make see that's what i'm saying they always keep the light on us power does not like to be examined and so that's what i'm saying we become uh the poster child for indiscretion for corruption when there's so much more corruption on their part so what i'm sharing to you in in perspective is why are we talking about this sister and her money? What she's doing? When it's so this this whole system is all about greed and corruption. It's so much greed and corruption. Why are That's we talking? Why, yes. why are we That's talking true. about that? She all this happened during the Trump administration. Why are we focusing on this sister when he we had this dude that got almost three million dollars, three million dollars donated to him when he lost. What right. did he do with that money? Yeah. Did, why are we talking you, about that? Did you donate to him? Hell no. Exactly. Nobody that I know. So why are we that's talking right. about the sister of Black Lives right. Matter? So well, he got but three how, million dollars for losing. Right. But how do we get past all of the white supremacists and the minutia and hold him accountable? That's why we should be saying he needs to go to jail because he put us in the position that we're in as a country. So that's the, we're still fighting COVID. So absolutely, we need to hold everybody accountable. I'm not just saying white folk, just black folk. We need to hold everybody accountable. Right. Everybody that was in our purview that claims they're doing something for the community, for society, they need to be held accountable. So that's why we need, and and so the stress comes, you know, one thing I like about, I refer to the Bible and I just thought about the genius. God is all knowing, omniscient. And the thing about he, he, in the Old Testament, he gave 10 commandments, 10, just 10. That's simple. And most of those 10 are prohibitions, which we need to stop doing. I think we as a people, there's a lot of stuff that we need um, that causes stress we need to do. A lot of them have to do with economics. But one of the things we need to stop doing is we need to stop comparing ourselves to others. We need to stop. We need to stop blaming ourselves. We need to stop, stop uh, being ignorant to our own reality. And again, they go, this is the reward and punishments is what I was talking to you about. And so one of the things we need to um, stop doing is stop seeking salvation in the future and to our, un- understand our opportunities that we have now. And the opportunity we have now is that we need to be disillusioned. We need to really know what's really going on in this country. Voting is not going to help. Voting is not going to help any of this kind of stuff. There's no political system that's going to help. We and we and of ourselves, and this is what Black Lives Matter showed us. We when our, we and we of ourselves, when we start to organize and come together, we can do some powerful things. Black Lives Matter made a worldwide statement. They made a worldwide statement. And so what we should do is start to, like grassroots organize, come together and at least assess our situation. We need to start learning about ourselves. 
and create systems. Like I said before, the black church is already doing these things. The black church is already doing these things. We just don't get the recognition. We're doing some great things. We're just not, we're just not together. We're just not, we just have, haven't got to the level uh, and have the exposure to really see some of the things that we're doing, but we are still doing some and we're still alive. We still have great opportunity and the possibility still wait for us to make empowering choices. Despite all the negativities, despite all the killings, despite all these judge, judges and these wrongful uh, uh, rulings, uh, this, all, this, uh, all the um, uh, suppression that we got from the federal and state level, um, all these things, we still have great opportunities to create systems. Racism is, on, racism is a system designed by people. And so since people design these systems, there's people just like us that can create our own systems to counter that system. And that's where the hope lies. That's where we can be empowered. And so we need to stop, stop believing that we're victims and things are never going to change. We can make choices together. We can come and analyze, make choices that empower us. And that's exactly why we don't make the choices because um, everything that has been instilled in us is instilled in us to be hopeless to be helpless and to be dependent. And we think we have to go to these schools to learn how to do it, but these schools are not helping us. We have through our ancestral genes, all the genius that it needs, uh, that it takes for us to move forward as a people. And so that should give us hope. That should give us hope. And uh, we can, there's, there's a great possibility. I'm really believing that great possibilities are lie ahead for us, uh, for us to do some great things. And I thank God for the legacy that Black Lives Matter in the modern era, because it's been too long since we had something like that. And so we can, despite the negativity and its association with uh, LGBTQ community, we still can take some of that, what they did, um, and, and build to something really beautiful. Carlos, you're muted. Carlos, you're muted. If you, if we, um, sorry about that. If we um, look at it from a global perspective, you know, when I saw <laughs> Chinese, Koreans, people in Africa, people in Switzerland, whatever, holding up those three words, because everybody saw that damn video, and that should not have happened to George Floyd. And I was just like, oh my god. And it's so interesting because so many, th <laughs> so many things got done last year because of those three words. At USC, they, they changed the name of a building that was one of VKC, Vons, Coxon, something, okay, right, VKC. They renamed that building. He was a president, but he was a president that either owned slaves or was in tune with the whole slavery piece and i guess black uh, black alumni and other groups are trying to change it for years when that happened last year they changed it they got rid of the statue they got and changed the building i was like like damn like it like you said if we just you know everybody's gonna have an issue about everything you know broccoli ain't good for you even though it is but it's not and i mean so there's always going to be that somebody got money somebody don't but like you said the sheer the sure fundamental of those three words 
did our nation, our country, our world some good. It it brought light to the fact of how they've been treating us and how and, and how things have just changed. And I, I just was like, all this time we've been waiting for them to do that. And it just took that. And that new president was like, oh, get rid of it. Oh, nope. You know, because nobody wants to nobody wants to be accused of not doing anything during that time. Now, have you heard from them lately? No, I haven't necessarily. But is but nothing's going on necessarily right now. I'm sure had the breath those white boys gotten off free from Aubrey's situation, I'm sure we would have heard from a whole lot of people. But they knew better. They knew better. So I mean, so I appreciate what you're saying by why do we always nitpick different things instead of just looking at the fundamental piece? Black lives matter. And at least we mattered last year. <laughs> well, right? well, well, Black Lives Matter. I'm 69 years old. Black lives have always mattered. So it didn't just start last year in 2020. Say that. But, Say that. I'm, I'm okay. Okay. So what we're seeing now is we're not even seeing a resurgence because just as you said, we can't collectively do what we're supposed to do. We haven't done that yet. We have not been able to do that. So all of the marches that you saw were not about Black folk. It was a a mixture of everybody under the sun. It was not just Black folk. So from that time to this, things have changed. And for me, it makes me suspect. I'm suspicious. I'm going, wait a minute. Black folks have always been here since the beginning of the time. The first man on earth was a black man. So why is it all of a sudden we're the kid of the day? Black Probably because of all the killings that have been happening in the last Yeah, time. exactly. And exactly. this just because brought of attention all... and this particular one brought the attention and that's what just set it all the way off. It's like you can only right. make so much, but Tasha and, and um, uh, Skittles and all, I mean, there's been, ha- things have been happening. Hell, if you really want to take it back, let's go back to 92. I mean, no, it had to be 91 because 92 is when the verdict no, came. No, it was 92. Right. 92 is when the verdict came on April 29th, 1992 yes, yes. for Rodney, Rodney King. Rodney King. But Rodney when King. it happened, it happened in 91. Right. And it took a white man just happened to film it. And ever since then now, if you notice, all cell phones got real good cameras. They know because that because that has saved some lives. And 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 even though those guys didn't get completely what they should have gotten but it's still brought to light. Like you said, yes, of course, Black Lives Matter um, before, you know, last year. But th- was there a statement that that, that isolated it? So right. I think for me, it's like that isolated the right. statement. Yes, of course, I know Black Lives Matter. I, I can go through my whole life and know that. But this is the first time in my lifetime that a statement is just bam. Well, well the you don't state- even have to say anything. Black women did that. And okay, black women and, did that. And, and, and believe me, and believe me, black women have been doing it since the beginning of time. It didn't just start. Okay. So black women have always done it. Right. But the okay. difference in this is it actually put a label to it. And that's why it took off worldwide. Because everybody and their mama saw that tape. And everybody been hearing about this and this person here and so-and-so was in the car eating some Doritos and such and such. And you hear this all day long. I remember even going up to Humboldt. In 2016, it was like every other week there was a black person getting killed by the police. And I was just like, damn, for real? 
And so that's why I tried to do like a town hall um, situation so that we can be on top of it instead of reacting. I was trying to be proactive where students can come and just talk about whatever. So then when something jumped off, we were already in that mode of coming to a town hall and get stuff off our chest. But that year, it was every other week. I was every like, sure was. no sense. Yes. And, and you didn't want to turn on the news because you knew what you were going to hear. Right. So, so remember Philando Castile. Right. Remember Philando Castile. Philando Castile was sitting in the car. That's Minnesota, right? Uh, uh, was he? No, he was in Minnesota. It was Midwest, yeah. It was in the Midwest. But it, yeah, it was in the Midwest, but I don't, I don't remember if it was Minnesota or not. But my point is, Philando Castile was sitting in his car. Minding his own business. Minding his own business. His girlfriend and his daughter. And the woman said, you're not going to shoot him. You're not going to kill him. He was sitting in the car with the window rolled up. And he told the officer, yes, I have a gun in the glove compartment, a licensed, a licensed carrier, a licensed carrier. The man said he feared for his life. That's the, that's the out. Okay. That's the out. out. Every time something happened, I'm going to say the same thing. I fear for my my life. life. Okay. He said he feared for his life. He shot Philando Castillo. Because the gun was okay. in the glove department. Because the gun was in the glove compartment. Black Lives Matter then. Okay. Oh, you're right. I so, mean, okay. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, Colette. I'm just saying that oh, that, I, I, label, I understand. that label I understand. came about more prevalently last year and it took off worldwide go ahead steve you're about to say something yes and steve i have a question for you and and that is because i want you to elaborate sure we've been here since the beginning of time and as i said the first man on this planet on earth was a black man yeah but all of a sudden we're the order of the day it ain't gonna last so what do we do with this go ahead steve Realize and recognize what time it is. We have to be dissolution about the situation. A lot of it is because we're at, we're the original man. We're original people, and we were first to uh, embrace God's love, and we're people love. We have no enemies, and so we have no enemies. We've been it's it's been a miracle for the four hundred years that we've been here. We haven't tore this place up. It's been a miracle that we're even Christian. It's a miracle that we can still in a subservient, oppressive degrading existence that we have here that we still exist on a day-to-day and still laugh we're very jovial people and so that's the miracle in and of itself i heard snoop say man if you're breathing you're achieving and so the fact that we're still alive the fact that we're still alive gives us possibilities and hope and we have to understand that they again this they've tried this with other people they tried it with indian they tried with asians it never worked with them but it only works with us why we got to look at that. Why? A lot of it has to deal with, for me, I believe a lot of it has to do with penis envy. A lot, a lot I, I think it does. I think they want to be like us. I think they really want to be like us. And they like the way we jump and sing and all this kind of stuff. They've been profiting off of us. Their, our, their supremacy is based directly upon our, our subjugation. And so if we are able to realize that and to strategize and to be able to counter what they're doing, which we are, which we are, I think we can do some great things worldwide because the camera is all, and for you guys, the camera's all on LA. 
LA is the image capital of the world. And so they know that. And so they, they, and, and, and the thing about this is, but the Crips and Bloods, they don't understand this. The Crips and Bloods, they don't understand the power that they have. There was a time, there was a time that New Yorkers would never copy anything. They're so ethnocentric. Bronx is fighting. Bronx is fighting with Harlem. Harlem's fighting with Long Island. There's Brook, even in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy is going against East New York. They're so ethnocentric. They're so, don't step on my valleys. You know, I'm better than you, all this kind of stuff. Do you know the power of L.A.? They got Bloods and Crips with 64 Impalas hitting switches, wearing chucks in, in, in New York City. Everybody near my time was throwing up gang signs and, and throwing up Crips and Blood signs. This is the kind of power the average L.A. youth has. Every Africans want to be LA in LA. Mm. Asians want to be the LA uh, LA youngster, and they don't even realize it. All our our all our um, Harlem Renaissance entertainers they went to Paris, and they discovered man that that racism was the, the specific racism that we're dealing with is specific to the United States. And but when they go somewhere else, they're admired. The black man is admired. Black people are admired worldwide. And so we have we we have an uh, an incredible power. We we hold an incredible opportunity to be able to change the world, and I believe we can do that culturally. Look at TikTok. TikTok is based upon Black culture. Look at some of these formats. It, it shut one of those one of those key uh, campaigns that Trump had was shut down because of Trump uh, because of TikTok. Our Black youth have a, an incredible opportunity to do some uh, some things as Black people. We just don't realize the power we have because we're too busy, um, too busy, uh, uh, distracted and disillusioned, as I say, and malcontent about other things. We have to focus. We have to come together. And so what I'm sharing with you is that we it's not the things we need to start doing. It's the things we need to stop doing. We need to like this time, particularly during holiday season. And this is our legacy of slavery. During, we've been so worked so hard. During holiday season, what do we like to do? We like, to, like to give our, we lift, we like to give our money right back to the devil. We like to drink. We like to uh, smoke up. We like to shop, extend our credit, go into the new year uh, exhausted. We like to go on and then start the whole cycle again. What we need to start doing, what we need to start doing is using our leisure time for our liberation, using ourselves to free ourselves, free our mind. We need to start investing in ourselves. Our whole culture right now, because it's been tampered with, is contaminated. Our whole culture is on death. And so what we need to do, particularly as a minister, we need to turn back to God. We need to understand what our purpose for living is and pursue him for life. And so um, there's, I'm, what I'm sharing with you is a very positive message, even though it sounds negative, may sound negative to some ears, but it's very positive. We have great opportunities to do some beautiful things and to change the world here in the United States, particularly here in California, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles is the capital, the culture capital of the rest of the state. Whatever LA does, the rest of the state does. California right now, you see kids in Iowa, Ohio, Florida, they're wearing California shirts. And so seize this moment we can seize this moment and do some very important things and be cool at the same time mm. no you're right you're so right and and 
and and what has really dropped us back 50,000 steps, unfortunately, education-wise, COVID. Our poor kids, and it's really just us. For If you really want to look at it, I'm sure probably Latino. I don't know Latino numbers as I'm not Latino, so I'm not up on it like that. But our students, you know, we're visual. At least I know I'm visual. And a lot of Black folks are visual. They need to be in the classroom, in front of the teacher, doing what we do. So when we switch to the online at home situation, a lot of students did not do well. And now as they forced them back in, even though schools have been closing left and right and stuff, forced them back into it, they're behind. And so it's like, what do we do now? And now they're in the, in the, in the um, pro- so the class of um, 22 is now applying. Okay, they should have got it done yesterday, but I heard they blew up the Cal State and the UC website, so they're giving, giving them till today or tomorrow uh, because it went crazy or whatever. I mean, that's it. I mean, it does that damn near every year because you, you know that folks gonna wait till the last minute. But what you know now we're in a situation that COVID gave us one particular positive piece, which for the UCs and the Cal States to not look or use the SAT as a factor to get into college, right? Thank God, because these students are just, I mean, I know I my SAT was very, very for real low, like to the core of the, of the universe. But like I said, but I had the grades. These students are coming, this class of 22 is kind of half COVID, half not, not sure what they're doing. Who knows what kinds of students are going to be admitted into college for fall 22. It's scary to even think about. And so, like you were saying, Steve, it's like, what are we doing to ensure that our kids, to get them ahead or put them on the map? Not, not just, can, can we, first of all, can we, can we get on the elevator? Can we even get on the elevator? Can we get on the elevator and ride up with you? Can, can we? <laughs> yeah, you can. You know what I'm saying? Can I get on the elevator and ride? You going to the penthouse? Can I go? Can yes, I go to the penthouse? Oh, I have to use my car, but you don't. Mm, okay. Each, each one teach one. That's the way it should be. And uh, I, you know, I, I, uh, I hear what you're saying, and 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 my take on that is that uh, my take on that is I hope that they seen uh, both adults and you seen different opportunities when COVID was in effect and there's some industries that were working and some industries that just wasn't working and the fact that construction construction was still jumping off IT it was still jumping off and so um, we normally go to school for careers and to make money and one thing that I learned that uh, one thing I learned is that uh, small business small business consists of 50 percent of our gross national product and so um and i'm not i know that you're in education i know you're in higher education but i hope that during these youth see uh different opportunities outside of particularly taking a student loan out and going to college uh for a four-year degree to make the money that they could see that they might be able to look at something doing with their hands that can be applied worldwide that's useful and so the opportunity the opportunities are out there for the kids to do something alternative that doesn't have to deal with school we as black people we need more people uh and we need more people in construction to be able to build houses repair houses 
make affordable housing. We need more black people in the housing game. This like the second largest outside of the auto industry. And so anything that's related, electrical, uh, plumbing, uh, 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 paint, whatever it has to deal with construction is a real opportunity outside of the traditional routes. And so I hope COVID was a quick, it was a, a, a year time out to look at some alternative things right. to do with our youth because um, these degrees, we're getting these degrees, but it's not helping our people one at, at all. We're not, we're not, we're not doing anything with these degrees. We've got so many people with these higher degrees, and stuff, but they're still dependent on getting a job somewhere and being employed. We need to get our children to be educated for empowerment to serve us, to advance us as a people. Mm. And, you know, for, there's some there's some talented ones that um, are are in the right place when they're college, but a lot of us are not because a lot of us are just going to college for status and to, to to make money, and that's not the way it should be. We end up in debt. Brother, the average brother is either in debt from college by the time he's twenty four, or he has child support payments. Either way, there's some kind of debt he's on, and it shouldn't be like that. You shouldn't have to do that. We should have this situation where our youth, 19, 20 years old, we, we those brothers are making money, cash money, with good credit scores. And then if college or military is an option, then they should do that. And the same with the sisters. Well, Steve, as you can see, this can be on this. This is a great topic. We might have to have you come back and really keep dropping sure. knowledge. But this sure. hour is over. It went over quickly. And I want to say thank you for tuning in to In the Mix, Conversations with Colette and Corliss. We've got the next show coming right up right now. And uh, thank you, Steve, so much for dropping some knowledge. I'm going to have to have you come back and drop some more knowledge. For sure. All right. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Take care. Take care. All right. Take care. All right.